player or you're new to practicing solo, you've got your game plan. Now what? First, know that you're not alone. It's the fastest growing segment of the legal profession. Welcome to New Solo here on the Legal Talk Network, where you'll learn about practicing law solo. Welcome to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. We're glad you can listen today to our podcast. I'm attorney Kyle Gelcher. I'm a solo practitioner from Springfield, Massachusetts. I practice a variety of legal areas, including civil litigation, business law, entertainment law, intellectual property, and consumer law. On New Solo, we're going to talk about all the things you may not have learned in law school if you're a young lawyer and all the things you may be facing if you've left a larger firm and now you're starting out on your own or you're with colleagues at a smaller firm. Today in New Solo, we'll be joined by a very special guest who will provide helpful tips for women solos. Joining me today is attorney Melissa Connor. She's from the Connor Law Offices from Boston, Massachusetts. Melissa's firm provides client-centered legal services focusing on bankruptcy law and estate planning. Melissa's always had a passion for law. She started working for a criminal defense attorney as a young teenager. Uh, There she learned that every person has a story and deserves a listening ear and an open mind. She carries these lessons forward in her own practice, striving to listen well without judgment in order to understand her clients, and she takes great pride in client satisfaction. You can find out more about Melissa and her law firm at connorlawoffices.com. That's C-O-N-N-E-R. L-A-W-O-F-F-I-C-E-S dot com. Welcome to New Solo, Melissa. Hi, Kyle. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Of, of course. Um, let's, let's get right to it. Um, what is the biggest hurdle you had to overcome transitioning from law student to lawyer? I think it would have to be confidence. I think that's something that applies regardless of gender. It takes a lot of confidence to go solo, uh, especially straight out of law school. And uh, to add to that, looking back, what advice would you give to new female attorneys to help their transition? Um, I always say make a business plan. That was the single thing that really fixed my, my insecurity about going solo. It takes time and effort. It might seem a little daunting at first, um, but if you break it up into segments and get it done, it's it's just invaluable. I enjoyed making mine. Uh, it's, it's planning, it's dreaming, it's problem solving, and in the end, all the little doubts that have been floating around in your head will have been pinned down and addressed. What are some organizations you would recommend female attorneys join when they first are starting their office? You know, join all of them. I think everyone does that. Um, you know, the fees are often reduced for new attorneys and solo attorneys. Um, take advantage of that of that. I think there's no real benefit to to limiting that network. Give them all a shot and uh, stick with what works for you. Um, but definitely you should also join the, the Women's Bar Association. And uh, obviously uh, that's something that uh, new females want to uh, undertake is the Women's Bar. And, and what benefits uh, can you gain as being part of the Women's Bar Association? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not get extremely active in the Women's Bar Association. I did go to some events. I did volunteer with the Women's Bar Foundation. Um but it was such a welcoming bar association. I had a great time. And volunteering with the Women's Bar Foundation is a great way to work with other women and to, to potentially meet a mentor. What's the, what's the difference between the Women's Bar Association and the, and the Women's Bar Foundation, as you just mentioned? Um, the Women's Bar Foundation is the, uh, the volunteer organization of the Women's Bar Association, is my understanding, how I would describe that. 
And, th- and that's more the civic outreach, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I recently read an article on CNBC.com that, in short, it stated that women are not as proficient as men at networking. Um, are there mistakes that you see new attorneys making who are networking? Um, I'm going to tell you, I looked at that article and it is just total BS. I was so <laughs> surprised. I was so surprised. I had to do a little digging into this study. And um, first, it's, it was done by LinkedIn, you know, which is a great social networking site, but I don't know, you know, how well they're known for their, their research. Two, they admit that they don't actually know the gender of the people they're measuring. They're guessing based on their names. And three, um, their measurement is just based on um, connections, number of connections. And that is really not a, a valid way to measure um, uh, success at social networking. That That really doesn't mean very much. I know a lot of great social networkers. I think I'm pretty good at social networking. You know, I don't want to be too sexist here. There are some men that are just as good as the ladies at social networking, but women are really dominating this area. Um, when you are social networking, I would say you, you should start by listening and observing, get a feel for the community, learn from the mistakes of other people, and then uh, speak up and, and really interact with people. You know, LinkedIn will tell you when someone gets a promotion, congratulate them. Um, social networking is about building connections with communities. It's not about hawking services. I think the vast majority of the spam I receive on social networks is from uh, men. You know, I'm guessing, again, based on names, but I'm pretty sure they're men. And um, that might give them more countable connections in the end, but I don't think that's a measure of success. I think women are doing a great job of this. And as as far as networking and or social networking, are there some tips that you can give um, for social networking? You know, either for males or females that would be that would be useful. Um, for social networking, or um, just take your time and be genuine. You know, uh, focus on building a relationship, um, not just what you can get out of this uh, immediate interaction. Actually, I would say that for for just any sort of networking, I think. Um, you know, you're not going to go out, network, meet someone, and get a client or a job. But um, you're going to meet great people. And if you have a good time, um, you're going to develop relationships. And that will will lead to more things. What are some tips that you can give for client meetings? Um, I would say develop rapport and listen. Um, you want to make sure that your client feels comfortable talking to you. I know that as a woman, I've had clients who... Um, were sometimes wanted to shield me from some of the the issues that we were really there to discuss. And, um, you know, I had one client who was charged with a number of things, but one of them involved threatening the victim witness. And he kept wanting to, to edit out the bad things that he had said. Um, he would say, well, I won't repeat those words in front of you, but basically it was, you know, I was very upset. And, um, you know, I can't do my job if that's what I'm, the information I'm getting. So I had to make sure my client understood, um, I can hear bad words, you know, and, you know, that's not the worst thing I deal with every day, you know. Um, and I think a large part of it, too, I think, you know, he also 
doesn't want me to judge him as a bad person. So I had to make it clear, I'm not judging you. Um, I know that people say things that they don't always mean, and sometimes people lose their temper and say bad words. You know, I'm not going to think you're a bad person or or that you don't, you know, how to talk in front of a woman if you are just honest with me and tell me what was said. So I think, um, you know, getting over that issue if it comes up and, and um, making sure your client feels comfortable being honest with you is really important. And as a, as a new um, solo, uh, where can you find a mentor? I think it's very important for uh, women-in-law to find a female mentor. Um, I think the Women's Bar Association and volunteering with the Women's Bar Foundation is great for that. There are um, so many ways to be a strong female attorney, and, you know, you need to find the way that feels right to you, and you need to find a mentor that's modeling that behavior, too. I mean, it's it's certainly going to be very helpful. So I think getting out there in, in an organization with so many amazing female attorneys is um, is a great way to start finding a mentor. Do you agree with this statement, uh, quote, new women lawyers ret- routinely struggle with feeling as though they do not have a voice in their legal practices, end quote? Um, yeah, I, I do agree that, that that is a struggle for new women lawyers. And, and, and how do you think uh, or how do you believe that this issue can be, can be overcome? What, what are some, some tips that you could give? Um, well, I, you know, I know that when I started out, I sort of felt um, trouble feeling like I had a voice. And I you know, started out my first legal internship. I was in the perfect scenario. I, had, um, I was in a small firm. And the attorney I worked for actively tried to be sensitive to this issue. So I was thrown into meetings with attorneys who had, you know, over 20 years of experience under their belts, and I was asked for my opinions. Um, Even in that setting, I still struggled some to have a voice. Part of this was because not every other attorney cared that I had an opinion. Um, But part of it was also that I doubted my ability to add something of value. You know, this is the group of seasoned attorneys that have far more experience than I have. I was just, you know, in awe of some of these attorneys. I didn't know that I could say anything that mattered. Um, I dealt with that by actively listening and insisting on finding a way to contribute to every meeting. Um, I refused to give in to insecurity and not have a voice. I think that if you do that, the self-doubt will just continue and it'll, it'll never stop. You'll, you'll always have trouble participating. Um, in the end, I realized that you know, I did have valid things to add, even to these, you know, seasoned attorneys. Um, one, I was new, so I had learned all sorts of, you know, new things in law school that, that they may not have kept up with. Um, I was fresh, so some of their things were, you know, actions were being done on autopilot, um, and I was able to notice some things that they were missing because of that. And um, three, I'm a woman, and I have a unique perspective. Um, this was exceptionally helpful in preparing for, for jury trials. So, um, you know, you can't always change how other people are acting. You know, if they don't want to listen to you, they won't listen to you. But you can definitely take charge and um, of how you act, and you can make sure that you aren't holding yourself back. What are some safety issues you've encountered, and what can be done to prevent such issues? Okay, this question makes me chuckle a little bit. 
Um, because my question is, why would the practice of law be safer for a man than a woman? Um, I think the same safety issues are going to exist for everyone. If you've got a new client coming late at night or if you have to go to a dangerous area to interview a witness, uh, you know, a man's no more bulletproof than I am. Um, I can say that there were things that I was frightened about that turned out to be just fine, uh, like jail. Jailhouse interviews, I think they might even be easier for a woman. Um, I've gone in wearing pants. I've gone in wearing a skirt. I've never been treated with anything but respect. Um, I've been in to see, you know, low-level inmates. I've been in there to see people facing life sentences. I don't know how they act when I'm not there, but when I am there, they're all perfectly cordial and, and respectful to me. How do you approach a situation where you are being sexually harassed by a client? Um, I think that is one where you need to just, you need to take control of the situation. You're the lawyer. They're on your territory. There's no reason not to just take it head on. Um, there, there are a million different ways to handle it, and women do have to, you know, address it in a way that they feel comfortable, but it is important to identify it and stop it. Um, I usually make a joke, you know, Dinner? After you get my bill, you won't be able to take yourself out to dinner. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But we have to work. Um, I find that that kind of says no and diffuses things. Um, if that doesn't work, I'll be more direct. If they won't stop, I fire them. A client who is trying to date you or sleep with you is is dangerous. You can't maintain a lawyer-client relationship in that situation. You need to let them go. I find it's more difficult when it comes from colleagues. I've been sort of surprised by what some older male attorneys have uh, considered appropriate to say to me. I think it even comes from people who are, are generally good guys. And I think that's just a lack of experience sometimes interacting with female colleagues. Um, in those situations, I find that silence, a disapproving look, um, a comment, maybe prodding them to rethink what they've said is usually all it takes. I think it's um, often a failure to think the comment all the way through, and no one can learn how to appropriately interact with you if you won't point out what makes you uncomfortable and give them a second chance. If they continue to need chances, I just cut off contact, though. Eventually, you know, they're just a sleazeball. Well, we need to take a short break. And when we return, more with Attorney Melissa Connor. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? Then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com slash radio. That's PCLaw.com slash radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. Want to stay in touch with the Legal Talk Network and get our shows automatically? RSS provides home delivery. You don't have to remember where to click. The good stuff comes right to you automatically and free. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and hit the RSS button at the top of the page. It says our podcast feeds. Now you'll be all set. If you like listening to new solo, you might also like the unbillable hour on LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
Welcome back to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. Today we're joined by attorney Melissa Connor from the Connor Law Offices in Boston. Welcome back, Melissa. Hi, Kyle. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Um, we talked, you and I talked um, off, off microphone, if you will, um, pr- uh, previously about how new women lawyers uh, are, are not charging what they're worth. What advice do you have in regards to that issue, and how do you make that determination as to your worth or rate? I think that this happens, you know, to all lawyers starting out. I have heard that, you know, women sometimes, you know, feel a little insecurity about, you know, negotiating pay and charging what they're worth. Um, I I handled this by, you know, doing some research. Um, I looked into what other attorneys were charging and kind of what I thought was fair. Um, and then determining based on my capacity, my confidence, what, what I can offer, um, what I should be able to charge. You know, am I bringing more to the table? Am I giving my client something that other attorneys aren't giving them? You know, am I giving them more communication, more interaction? Maybe I deserve to charge a little more for that then. Um, and then I just say, you know, when you're, when you're charging or when you're telling someone what you're going to charge them, go high. You know, maybe I shouldn't say this on the air, but, um, you know, just give them a good, give them the number that you have figured out that you deserve. They, you can always negotiate it down, but you're never going to negotiate it higher. You know, if this situation warrants cutting your fee some or cutting your bill some, you can always determine that afterwards. I think people are happier to hear that you have a high fee, that you are, you know, willing to negotiate with them on a little than, um, you know, to think that you aren't aren't worth as much. Because, you know, to some extent, what you, you know, value yourself at there is, is um, how, you know, how they're, how much they're going to think you're worth. And in regards to uh, dress and hair, what do you believe is savvy for women in the legal profession? I think women's clothing choices and hair choices, they always get political. Um, you know, when I started at my office, I, I did get a critique of what I was wearing, you know, what shoes I chose to wear, what was appropriate around the office. Um, I had to think about how I was going to be perceived by my clients and by my colleagues. Um, in the end, I say, you know, wear what makes you feel comfortable because you're always going to be more confident when you're comfortable in what you're wearing. But I do want to sell this skirt suit. Um, here's why. Not most people, I'd say most people are comfortable these days with a, a woman wearing a pantsuit. But there is a, a group of people out there that still don't think it's appropriate. You know, they still think a woman should be wearing a, a skirt suit. So in a situation, for example, a jury trial or even a bench trial, you know, when you're trying to um, advocate for your client, do you want there to be a few people out there saying, oh, you know, look at the lady lawyer in the pantsuit? Um, you know, you want to try to win over everyone. Very few people, I think, look at a skirt suit and say it's inappropriate. Um, those attitudes are are certainly old-fashioned and out of date, but they're, if they still exist to some extent, so, um, you know, why not wear the thing that everyone is okay with? Um, 
Also, I would say always leave your suit jacket on. Um, and I say this because, you know, women often run the risk of um, being perceived as a secretary or a paralegal um, rather than a lawyer. I think that when you take off your coat, um, you know, you could look more like a secretary, but when you're wearing a full suit, people are more likely to assume that you're a lawyer. Also, pull your hair out of your face when you're talking, uh, when you're speaking in public. You, you don't want to have little bits of hair falling into your face. Moving them out of the way um, looks unprofessional. Just pull it back in a ponytail or a bun or something and leave it alone. You know, you can wear it down other times, but especially in a trial or in front of a judge or anytime you're speaking in public, you should pull your hair back. Um, I like to wear heels. I think that, you know, I'm short. I want a little extra height. I think it, you know, makes me look a little more, uh, you know, makes me look a little older. I think it makes people take me a little more seriously. Um, if you're really tall, that's probably not an issue. You know, some women aren't comfortable in heels. That's fine. But I, I, I think heels, um, for me, being shorter, I think it's good for, for putting me more at eye level with everyone else. Is it easier as a solo to have a work-life balance? And, and, and can a woman start a family, or, or is, is solo life all-consuming? I think that um, going solo is your best shot. No, one, no one's going to care as much about your life and your work-life balance than you are. Um, we have a lot of technologies these days. I think you can definitely achieve work-life balance. You can... Uh, you need to make time for yourself and your family, and you need to get your family's support behind your practice. And I think if you have those things, you'll, um, you can definitely start a family, you can definitely have a life, but, um, you know, you've got to make that time for yourself. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? That is the hardest question. Um, <laughs> I've gotten so much good advice. Um, <laughs> Share it. We're, 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 we want to hear it. Okay. I think, um, you know, they're really simple, obvious things, but work hard. Um, I have seen, I've gotten to work with some really amazing trial attorneys, and, you know, they were all incredibly different. The one thing they had in common that just, you know, seemed to, to it has to be the reason why they're winning is because they worked so hard. They would work when they needed to work night and day. They worked night and day. You know, they just did not treat the practice of law as a nine-to-five. And I think um, hard work wins cases, hands down. Like, that is what wins. Um, and also, being genuine. You have to be yourself. Law is all about credibility. It's all about trust. You have got to be honest in everything that you do in law, especially um, especially with who you are. You know, you can't convince a jury that you're telling the truth if you are not being honest with the jury, you know. So you have to be be yourself, and people will know if you're not. So I think being genuine and working hard, that's my advice that I've received. And that's good advice. And, well, that about does it for this edition of New Solo. 
Remember, you can find all of our shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also subscribe to this program through iTunes. A very special thanks to my guest, Attorney Melissa Connor, for joining me today. Melissa, if someone wants to find out more information on today's topic, how can they reach you? Email. It's Melissa at ConnorLawOffices.com. And, of course, you can contact me directly at Kyle at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're out of time, but I would like to thank our sponsor, PC Law by LexisNexis. For a free trial, please go to PCLaw.com backslash radio. Join us next time for another episode of New Solo here on the Legal Talk Network. Have a great day, everyone. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to New Solo today. Hope you'll listen to next month's edition with attorney Kyle Gelcher, right here on the Legal Talk Network. And a reminder to check out Firm Manager at MyFirmManager.com forward slash LTN. It's a business solution for lawyers created by lawyers from LexisNexis. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.